0: so recently the other day cyberpunk Jordan did a video asking the question of Ken Penders owns anything uh, when it comes to what occurred about a decade ago uh, today uh, when you today uh, tomorrow depending on when you listen to this most likely it'll be uh, today which would be Labor Day happy Labor day to you guys um, but he asked the, you know, he he titled this video asking the question of Kim Pender's owned anything, and quite honestly, you know, he he brought up some good points. He he went and cited uh, some information, documentations that Captain AWF, uh, um, who I guess deactivated the Twitter, um, had posted, and it's stuff you can actually find online through like. You know, court sites, you know, legal, you know, court sites where you'd have to pay a fee, but you'd be able to, um, you'd be able to get access to, um, you know, you'd be able to get access to what you need. You'd be able to be, um, you'd be able to uh, look at the records you want to look at to see if maybe there's something there that some people overlooked, some people missed. Well, overlooked and missed is pretty much the same thing, but you know, um, things that people may have overlooked, missed, may have not mentioned because they didn't want to, stuff like that. And like I said, he cited, hold on for a sec, sorry about that guys, Um, like I've said before in some videos, it seems my mom has good timing, it's almost like when I start recording, she'll start moving, like she could be asleep and all of a sudden she wakes up, she's got good timing, I don't know what it is. But um, anyway, like I said, um, you know, he cited Captain AWF who looked up these documents, shared these documents and everything of, you know, you know of, of the court case that Penders went through with Archie and everything. And it, it seemed to indicate, and even through a lot of citing and researching that Cyber did, Um, It seems to indicate that Ken may not really own everything at all. That, you know, instead, everything that happened, you know, was a mix-up. Oh, not a mix-up, but was basically, you know, it was a mix-up, it was confusion, convolution. Basically, from what I can tell you know, from what I can tell, Penders took advantage of a situation to where he probably knew, without a shadow of a doubt, he probably knew um, that he didn't rightfully own any of the works he talked about. You know, he didn't rightfully own them. He just saw an opportunity to be like, well, if I can, you know, take advantage of this confusion of this convolutedness this tra- this kind of transition that the you know that the comic and the company were going through because the, the comic was transitioning from him being a head writer to Ian Flynn and then bringing in other people so it was a big they were going through a lot of changes and Penders probably thought hey I could take advantage of this and you know you know kind of reel it into my favor and I believe in my opinion that's what he did True, he may have done it at the suggestion of his wife after the whole Sonic Chronicles, Bioware, you know, blow-up and everything. And, you know, that's believable, if you will. It is kind of believable, but honestly, um, you know, honestly, one could, you know, probably say that, you know, however he went about it, whether he was, he was encouraged by his wife or, or not... Or he just saw an opportunity and took advantage of it you know he basically you know uh basically he like i just said he took he took the opportunity he took advantage of an opportunity and uh he went with it he went with it you know whether he was encouraged by his wife or somebody from a legal uh, perspective or whatever he went with it you know he went with it now Again, whether or not he was telling the truth, in some ways, or he was making up stuff, we may never know. But all evidence, as of late, has been po- does point uh, to the fact that maybe he was, as I said earlier, not telling the truth. He was making up stuff, you know, and that he doesn't entirely own, you know, anything, you know, at all. He doesn't own, you know, Hershey the cat. He doesn't own Joffrey, Joffrey Saint John. He doesn't own, you know, the Dark you know the dark legion he doesn't own julie sue he doesn't own scourge aka evil sonic and so on you know he doesn't own them at all and that they are all and that they all basically do belong to sega and by extension archie comics or they did belong to archie comics but mostly they belong to sega but again why would he why would he do all this why would he in knowing that he probably wasn't telling the truth and was making up stuff, why would he take advantage of it? Or why would he go this this direction and, and say, hey, you know, these are my characters and I want royalties and all that you know, when he when obviously during his time on the book, he could have asked for that. He could have took Victor Golick aside and said, Hey, I want I wanna put this into this contract That I get royalties for the use of my characters even while I'm working on the book and putting them in the stories. I want royalties. He could have done that. He could have talked to Victor Golick, who was in charge of Archie, who was the editor in chief of Archie at the time, as long as the representatives of Sega, and said, hey, you know, whenever I write a story for you and I add the characters here, I want royalties. I want royalties. You know, he could have done it then. That way, even when he would leave the book, he would have security knowing that he would you know get money in return anytime his characters would be used but he didn't do that and all of a sudden now he wants to ask for royalties for characters that he you know that he's saying he owns just because he created it for a a comic that he was freelancing on or was was a writer for hire if you will you know now he's asking for royalties you know to me that never really made sense and I don't think it made sense to a lot of other people but again, I think he just, you know, I, 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 I'm thinking, I'm thinking that at the behest of his wife or some kind of friend who was in close, who knew a little bit of the legal system. I'm assuming he, like I said earlier, saw an opportunity to take advantage of a lot of the transitioning going on at Archie, to you know get you know to get things in his favor, even if you know he wasn't telling the truth, because. All of a sudden he makes the announcement around this time that he's doing the Lala Su Chronicles, which is his take on Mobius Years later, and it's like and it's like, you know, it's it's just kind of suspicious and it's kind of weird, you know, that of the you know, kind of suspicious and weird of the timing. And the only thing I think a lot of us could probably think of is that he needed cash. It's like now, you might say, well, didn't he have money? He, he wrote for comics. He should be well-off. Yeah, he, he could have been well-off, and maybe his wife, you know, had a good job as well. But it takes money that... But his thing, even though you could be good well-off on money, it does take money, if you will, to create something like a comic. And there's a, And to me, the ironicness of the timing is you know him announcing this and i think the reason he went with the lawsuit or or something or went or took Archie to court and everything is the fact or was asking for royalties and all that was because he wanted money for his project that's what it is that's why if you think about it you know it's been over a decade since he made that announcement and the book is still being worked on. The project is still being worked on. And now he wants to explore all these other ventures. You know, involving the characters. And it's like, you know, what's really going on? What's, what's the purpose here, right? And then you hear him, you know, come out and, you know, say he wants to take Paramount, you know, to court for do it making, to putting echidna characters in Sonic 2 and... And all that, and it's like, you know, what what is going on here? It's like, w- w- what's this man's, you know, purpose? What's this man's reasoning for doing all this? And I think, in my honest opinion, you know, looking back on it, my honest opinion, because I know I've come on here, you know, on numerous occasions, and have kind of defended him in some ways, you know, kind of said, well, he does have his right, and da da da. Like others have, even Cyberpunk Jordan even kind of uh, uh, took his side a little bit in certain scenarios uh, in his video. But the way I look at it, in my honest opinion, is the reason the Lawless Sue Chronicles have been kind of stopped and go, or stop and go, throughout the past decade, is because he's running out of finances. Like he doesn't, like doesn't want to use his money, you know, that he has, his own money, to make this project happen, you know, he doesn't want to go to something like Kickstarter or Patreon to make it happen. No, instead, he wants to basically take people to court for the most ridiculous reasons, the most asinine reasons, just so he can get money that way to support his project. That's how I see it. That's how I see it, because again, if he wanted royalties for his characters... He could have easily come up with a, a deal while he was still on the book to ensure that would happen even when he, even after he left. Like he could get the royalties while he was still on it as well as he could get them after he left. But he didn't do that. You know, he didn't do that. And now, you know, here we are, basically about a decade later, looking back at the reboot that occurred because of the fact that he took, you know, because uh, of the fact that he, you know, uh, took Archie Comics and vice versa uh, to court due to royalties that he felt he was owed. Now, you know, is Archie innocent in all this? No, they're not innocent because it is well documented that they could have had, you know, a winning hand on, they could have had a winning hand in place had they kept their documents, you know, organized, organizedly filed uh, correctly. If they, you know, they could have had a winning hand in place if they would have kept the files of every contract, freelance or not, that, you know, people that wrote for the comics signed. They would have had a winning hand, you know, in place had they put that con- the contract that Kenneth had signed, had they put it in an organized, you know, um, in an organized, correct manner that they, can, that they could rely on just in case they needed some kind of evidence. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that, and it, to me, it, it really hurt Archie Comics uh, when, they, when they went to court, you know, and, and the judge even was like, yeah, this is ridiculous, this is dumb, you know, this is a fine, you know, this is a fine mess you guys got yourself into, or as Lancara would call it, you know, a 10 car pileup of a mess, but, yeah, Archie's not innocent either they're not innocent in all this because again if they would have had all the cards in place everything organized properly and correctly they could have avoided this they could have but because they didn't ken once again like i said earlier took advantage of a situation you know that he saw you know favored him cuz again like i said he knew probably by word of mouth that archie comics was going through a transition behind the scenes with all the staffed and all the comic book writers for all the books, licensed or not, he probably heard. You know, he probably heard, but you know, by word of mouth that that was happening. Saw an opportunity by the suggestion of his wife or somebody that you know was a good friend of his that knew about the legal system, and he, you know, he took the advice and you know basically uh, seized the opportunity to uh, essentially. You know, as for his royalties, or basically sue the company for for not giving him his royalties. And, you know, when Archie Comics countersued him, took him to court and said, okay, we're going to prove you wrong, but they couldn't, you know, put the evidence up. Again, Ken saw an opportunity. Because, you know, Archie Comics did present the document, even though it was photographed. But what did Ken do? Ken, obviously, knowing somebody that knew about the legal system took advantage of the opportunity, and said, well, yeah, they do have proof of the document, but according to this, your law states they have to have the actual physical document in hand and not something photographed because it could be uh, fraudulent, or it could be posed as fraudulent, if you will. So he saw opportunities. He, he basically was able to checkmate where he could, you know, his way to victory. But now... We're, you know, but now throughout these past several years, again, like I said, we're hearing all these reports, all these reports of the fact that Ken Penders may have not really told the truth. And you have people like Captain AWF, the cyberpunk Joe you cited, know, sh- you, know, you know, showcasing these documents and saying, hey, look, Ken may have not been telling the truth the entire time. And then when you take some of what Ken, you know, said in account over the past several years, Yeah, somewhere in the middle, there is the truth. And what that truth is, is Ken didn't really, you know, didn't really have the right to uh, basically sue, sue or countersue Archie for the royalties and the ownership of his characters. He didn't. You know, he didn't have any right because he had no real proof. He just made stuff up and took advantage of a certain transitional period at that time and other situations He saw, thanks to advice from his wife and someone that he probably knew, uh, someone close to him that knew the legal system. You know, he just saw an opportunity. Well, like I said, he checkmated his way, very, very uh, swervely, if you will, uh, to victory. You know, he checkmated his way very swervely uh, to victory. But now, years later, all this this evidence, all this information, documentation, if you will that, as I said earlier, and even Cyberpunk Jordan pointed out, could cost you a pretty penny to just get access to, is, you know, all this documentation coming out, court documentation, you know, is being revealed and showcased that Penders may have not been totally true in what he, in what he was saying. You know, about, oh, I own Hershey the Cat, I own Julie Sue, I own Scourge, I own this, I own that. You know, he wasn't being entirely true. And what's crazy about this is that I think Ken, what's crazy about this is Ken can try to take people, you know, companies like Paramount, you know, you know, to court. He could try to take Sega back to court to you know, to um, what's the word I'm looking for? To revisit his case with them as far as Chronicles and most of the ownership of the Uh, Archie Sonic characters go you know he could take them to retake them to court and to revisit that and you know try to prove you know he owns all that or try to prove he was suckered and whatever or try to prove Paramount took his ideas but I think this time around if he was to do something like that he would lose he would lose because the judge I have no doubt would hear through the grapevine, and maybe through some cited research, the judge would hear about all these other previous cases that he was part of. Well, they probably have a history of it, and they'd probably point out a lot of the flaws and what he's trying to, and what he'd be trying to bring up, you know, if he wanted to, you know, take this back to court. And everything, if somebody like Sega, like let's say IDW, if they want to reprint all the Archie books, like they've done with other licensed comics, they got. Uh, the license for from Archie and such like T M T. You know, you know, he, you know. The judge would basically not show him any favoritism, because they would point out the uh, the fact that you know he said all this stuff, but that he also later on admitted that some of it wasn't true. Now I'm not saying Ken Penders won't do that, because if he was going to do that, he would have already done that with Paramount. But I think the reason he doesn't want to go to court anymore or take anybody to court, period, is the fact that he knows everybody's talk everybody's pointing out all this evidence that shows that he may have made all the crap, made all that stuff up over a decade ago and everything, and that he wouldn't have no real proof to back him up, even if he tried to go to court against Paramount or even if he tried to go back to court with, with Sega or even IDW, if IDW, like I said, wanted to. Uh, pub, republish in trade paperbacks the entire Arctic Sonic uh, um, collection, all the issues, if you will, including the spinoffs. You know he knows he wouldn't have a foot to stand on because there's too much evidence out there now that says, "Hey, Ken Penders, you lied about everything in the previous court cases." So what? So how can we believe you now? And how do we? Because how do we know you're not lying to us now? And I think, and again, I believe. This all centers back, in my opinion, this all centers back to the fact that when he first went through this over a decade ago, you know to claim ownership, which caused the reboot to happen and everything, that was around the same time he started he introduced and started working on his Lawlao Chronicles, his take on Mobius years later. And again, the timing is so ironic, you know as to you know when he announced that because that's when he was going through this legal battle. With Sega. This legal battle with Archie. And everything. Which, he, you know, with Archie-wise, he did win. Kind of. You know, so he was going through all this. And he ended up not only getting ownership of his characters. But I think he got something in damages as well. Uh, financially. So. So, again, the the timing was kind of weird. That he's suddenly doing this. He was suddenly. No, not suddenly doing. Okay, let me rewind to. Alright. What I'm trying to say is the timing is so kind of ironic that. all of a sudden he introduces this, his take on Mobius years later, the thing he created called that he's now calling the Lawsuit Chronicles. You know, the timing is kind of weird that he's presented this at the same time this, you know, this lawsuit's going on that causes the reboot to occur. So I think in the long run, all it really was, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I think in the long run, all it really was with Penders, If what people are saying is true, and there's a lot of evidence that proves that, you know, him lying possibly about ownership and all that of the characters, you know, is, you know, is true that, you know, basically he doesn't own them, I should say. Um, You know, I think in the long run, what this really was, since the beginning, and even up to now, especially with, like I said, him wanting to do the same thing with Paramount and all that for the most ridiculous of reasons... And, you know, and you kind of look at the the fact that his lawsuit chronicles is still in development. It's kind of stop and go in the past decade when something like that should have been done, you know, not even a year or two after, maybe two years after the lawsuit. I think it's all about money. That's what it is. It's money. Because, you know, again, like I said, you need money for these kind of projects, especially if he wants to turn the Lawless Sioux Chronicles into something more than a comic. You know, he wants to turn it into a movie, a show, or whatever. And it takes money to do so. So I think, honestly, that's what these lawsuits are really about. Him just wanting an easier way to get money instead of doing instead of doing a kickstart or a Patreon, which I think would be more beneficial for him. And that's why I believe he did what he did a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, you know, with Archie and all them. And what he's trying to do at Paramount and all that, it's all about money. Because, again, the timing you know, kind of syncs up, especially when you at, look at the fact that throughout this decade, a project that should have been done maybe two or three years after the lawsuit is still being developed in a t- stop-and-go kind of scenario. So, yeah, I do agree. I, I don't really think he owns anything. I think all he really wanted was money. And he didn't want to use his own money. Or maybe his wife prohibited him from using their money to make this project a reality. And he, he didn't want to use his own money, so he wanted, he wanted to try to find another way to do it. In other words, I think Ken Pender, in my opinion, you know, he scammed Archie Comics, conned them, conned them and Sega and the fans out of a lot of great characters, just because he wanted money for his project. A project that is still in development and should have been done two to three years after. So that's just my opinion. I think it was really about money. Now, he could probably deny it all he wants, but I think that's the truth. I think it is. So I do believe, honestly, like Cyberpunk Jordan, he doesn't own anything. He doesn't. But here's the sad truth. But here's the sad part about that we may never know the truth. The only way we're going to f- pretty much know the truth, you know, of the fact that, you know, as we pretty much have figured out, piecing all the piecing all the parts together, that he was lying. The only way we're going to know that is when IDW, someday down the line, announces they're going to be releasing trade paperback volumes of the Archie Sonic comic book, just like they did with the Archie TMNT comic book, you know. And if that day happens, and part of that collection includes a lot of the stories Ken created with his characters included in them, then we'll know he was lying. And there's nothing he can really do about it. But, again, I think in the long run, it was only always just really about money. Money for his pro- his lawless Loisue pet project that he has yet to finish. And that's just my opinion on it. Because, again, I think in the long run, you know, as hard as it is to say, I think he scammed people. I think he scammed and conned Archie Comics. I think he scammed and conned, you know, the fans. He scammed and conned Sega into, you know, and, and most importantly, believe it or not, he did something that was, you know, probably very rare to do, but maybe not. He scammed and conned the justice system. the courts he did that and by doing so he got what he wanted but now i don't think if he was to go back to court to try to prove hey you know what i've said in the past is true i don't think the courts are going to fall for it i think they have smartened up hopefully and they'll realize yeah ken we don't believe you in fact if anything you owe sega money you owe Archie comics money you owe these fans an apology for what you did for lying so that's just so that's just how I see it that's how I see it see it basically but let me know what your thoughts are guys comment down below I do apologize if I was kind of stuttery a little ramblish here it's late. I'm slight I'm kind of tired and everything it's midnight you know now basically it's Labor Day weekend and everything is I'm closing this out but yeah, I do apologize for that. But let me know what your thoughts are. Comment down below, like, share, during the premiere. You will get a podcast version of this at BW Rose's Discussions Podcast and all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. But more specifically, you can listen and watch it on Spotify. But guys, let me know what your thoughts are and I do recommend checking out Cyberpunk Jordan's a, a video on it. It's very insightful. You know, and everything. And like I said, he cites Captain AWF and what they brought up, and all that, so, yeah, um, you know, give me your thoughts, guys, you know, give me your thoughts, and all that, you know, do you think I'm onto something here, or do you think maybe I'm missing some details, or do you think maybe, you know, people like me and Cyber were just grasping for straws, let me know down below in the comments, and until then, I will talk to you all later.